Hey friends, so in today's episode, I am sharing an interview that I did with Matthew Failer on his Mindful Champions live stream. We did it on Facebook, so you might be hearing a little bit of comments that we're reading out loud from the audience because it was live, but don't pay any attention to that. Just take a listen. Let me know what you think. As always, it was great to be a guest on his podcast. So again, thank you so much, Matt, for having me on and I hope you find value in this. You guys have a great rest of the day whenever you're listening to it and we'll chat later. Bye. Welcome back, Inspiration Family, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Mindful Inspiration Champion. I'm your host, Matt Failer. I'm a husband to Julia and a father to our three-year-old medically complex kiddo, Aria, and we advocate for you and your stories. Our mission is to champion your stories of inspiration, knowledge, advocation, and passion. No story is too big or too small. We love them all. Today's episode shares the story of 1 in 26 and how we can shed light on epilepsy awareness. My guest is Jamie Wisner. Sorry, Jamie. I knew we just went over that and I probably just butchered that. Jamie is a podcast host and is an epilepsy educator who teaches women impacted by epilepsy to pursue their dreams. She's overcome so much due to her diagnosis, including losing jobs, almost losing custody of a child and more. But Through it all, she's learned that she could be her own advocate and fight the stigma surrounding seizures. She works as a virtual assistant and takes everything with one step at a time. She stays active and maintains a healthy lifestyle with epilepsy. I'm super excited to bring on Jamie. Hey, Jamie, I know I totally butchered your last name there because we just talked about it and I spelled it and I'm like, oh, no, I lost everything. So. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And I'm excited to get into it and hear a little bit more about your journey. So I'm going to let you take over for a little bit and just give us a little bit more of your backstory. All right. Well, thanks so much for having me. Um, Like Matt said, my name is Jamie Wissinger. (laughs) So I think you forgot a syllable. Uh, But okay, so I guess we can just get started from the very beginning. I have epilepsy and have had seizures pretty much my entire life. Um, I was born at 32 weeks, so I was a preemie, and it was believed that I had seizures in the NICU. Now, my parents weren't told about that until way later on, which I think is pretty common with some NICU families, is you you don't really know what's happening until after you've been discharged, Um, but I was in the NICU for a couple months, and then I I did not have a seizure until I was, I think, five or six. Um, And that was pretty scary for my family. They didn't really know what was going on. Um, I, quote unquote, slept in. And of course, this is all relayed to me. Um, I don't remember anything. Um, But then after that, I just remember 
going to see a doctor, my neurologist a lot, um, going to school after I had EEGs a lot. Now this is just the memory I have. Who knows if it was really a lot. Um, and then I went pretty much my whole childhood without another seizure. And then I had breakthrough seizures in my 20s. Um, so you, I always kind of say that I was quote unquote re-diagnosed with epilepsy in my 20s. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I have grandma seizures, also known as tonic-clonic. And for me, I don't have any uh, warning um, or auras. They kind of just happen. And then that's, that's it. I wake up and have to put together the pieces. Most of the time, most of the seizures I, seizures I have had are nocturnal, so they happen at night. Um, so then when after they happen, I kind of put together the pieces. Um, I have not had a seizure since 2014. So I'm on a really, really good streak. So hopefully it continues for a lot longer, just like my first streak of 16 years. Um, but because of that gap after I started having seizures again and the things that I have gone through and to kind of just cleaned up my lifestyle, um, started to eat healthy, not drink as much. I stopped smoking, doing all of that stuff to maintain my healthier lifestyle. Um, I've started talking to and connecting more with people online in the social space. Back when I was first like re-diagnosed. There wasn't Instagram, Facebook wasn't really a huge thing. I think it was still only available for college kids. So um, I didn't really meet my other friend, first person with epilepsy until probably 2012 when um, we connected on a forum through the Epilepsy Amer of America website they used to have like chat forums and we connected on there. And so I had had epilepsy pretty much my whole life and I didn't meet my first person that had seizures as well until I was 23, 24, maybe 25. So um, once I connected with her and I'm still really good friends with her, um, I, I realized the importance of the, that community and being surrounded by other people who are going through the same thing that I went through. Um, and then it, the more that I talked about it, the more I connected with other people and I realized that people just need to talk about it a whole lot more because epilepsy, there's still such a huge stigma surrounding it. So that's what I continue to do is I create resources and share tips and tricks for newly diagnosed families, for other women who are going through this. Um, that, that see me as a quote unquote expert. I didn't sign up for it, but I'm kind of a expert in the field of epilepsy. So that's what I do now is I share just different tips and resources and mindset tricks that have helped throughout this whole process um, just to pay it forward for other families that are going through what we went through. When was the first time that you remember, or you know, when, what, you know, what age was the first time that you remember actually understanding that you were diagnosed with epilepsy? Uh, it wasn't until my twenties when I was re-diagnosed. Now I lost a lot. I 
I don't know when, but I do not have a lot of childhood memories. Um, there's a lot, yeah, there's just a lot of things that I don't remember growing up, like different vacations, different trips. My father is in the Navy and he would go on trips. Um, I, there's a lot of things that I don't remember him leaving and doing, um, like family vacations. Like, so I don't really, and my, my neurologist at the time told me that that's pretty common, that sometimes they, those memories could come back. Um, but maybe, maybe not. So I, yeah, I, I, I don't think the only thing I remember is going to the doctor's appointments and having those EEGs and then going, having to go back to school with like goop in my hair. So I remember that and remember, remember it being not fun, not fair that my mom wouldn't let me go take, get, wash my hair, get the goop out of my hair. Um, but Besides that, at that point in time, I wasn't having seizures, though. So I just thought it was just an annoying appointment that I had had to go to to get these things stuck on my head and it hurt. But um, really getting getting that re-diagnosis in my 20s where it kind of put a whole halt to my adulthood was the wake up call. And, oh, I'm I'm a little different than everybody else. You know, what a lot of people probably don't realize, and those that are watching and listening, is what I've been told, and Jimmy, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, because you maybe know more facts about that than I do. I'm only three years into this with Aria, but from what I understand is that if you've had two seizures in your lifetime, they technically can label you with having epilepsy. So even if it was a seizure like when you were eight, or a seizure when you were, you know, later on in your 20s, if you've had two seizures in your lifetime, you can be labeled as epilepsy. And I, that's what I understand, but I don't, I don't yeah. know if you have. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, now, yeah, yeah, I mean, epilepsy, the term epilepsy in itself is just like an, an, an umbrella term. Um, so it's the the it varies depending on the person, um, but it's just a it's just a spectrum. But yeah, they 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 put that on your, in your chart and you're labeled with it forever because there's no cure. Right, exactly. And it's it's one of those labels that, you know, unfortunately, people get judged by. And that's why I brought to light of the fact that just if you've had two, right, like, if you've had two, and it was when you were eight, and like you said, later in your 20s, you get labeled with epilepsy, and you get this medical diagnosis that one, you kind of have to pay attention to because you never know when it's going to pop back up, just like you explained mm -hmm. um, in your life. But two, it's also that, you know, you get labeled with these things, and people start to you know, label you, put you in a box and push you to the side, like so many other diagnoses. And it's very frustrating because as you are here today as a, as a champion of somebody that is, you know, championing her medical diagnosis, there's so much that so many people with epilepsy actually can do and have control over it, or maybe have breakthrough things and just work through their day with it. They have careers, they have normal living lives, typical lives. So talk a little bit about how you finally overcame the diagnosis and just put things together. You know, you talked about, you know, having a friendship and having a community wrapped around you, but how did you really just overcome a diagnosis and understand, look, I want to do so much more? Well, so when I have had the breakthrough seizure in 2000, was it 2000? Well, it was 2006 was when I had the breakthrough seizure when I was pregnant with my 
oldest son. That was the first seizure I had after like 16 years of not having any. So that was when I really learned that people need to know that you have epilepsy because at that point in time, nobody in my corner or in my immediate surroundings knew what was going on. So they were scared. The person I was with had no idea what was happening when he, like he witnessed the seizure in front of me. He had no idea what was going on. Super scared. I was pregnant at the time. So you can imagine how scary that was. And the, it, the way, just the way the events unfolded after that, um, everything happened, just happened so fast. You know, you were, I, and I was probably unconscious for majority of it. Cause I just remember waking up in the hospital saying, Hey, you have, you had a seizure, you have epilepsy, here's some medicine, go see a neurologist. <laughs> and then you're sent on your way. And that happens a lot. Um, unfortunately, yeah, emergency rooms aren't equipped to hand handle, um, seizures. So they send, they refer you to a neurologist or an epitologist. And most of the time that's like three to six months down the road before you can get an appointment. So you're really left to your own devices to figure it out. And what I learned um, in 2006, and then again, in like 2011, when I had the seizures again, was that I needed to figure it out because I didn't really understand why it was happening. And what I could do to be better. Um, so in 2006, I was in my senior year of college. So I was working, I was working multiple jobs. I was in college full time and I could, I did not live on campus. So when I had that seizure, all of a sudden, like, boom, you can't drive anymore. And you, so fortunately I had friends that could drive me to campus and I figured that out and I graduated, but I mean, not everybody's so lucky. Um, and I think that it's just really because of those experiences and taking a step back and realizing that I was living in a stressful environment and I wasn't taking good care of myself, um, that those things really needed to change. Um, I wasn't the healthiest weight either. Um, and that I just really needed to take a look and do everything that I could do and see if that helped, um, which meant not eating so much junk, not staying up super late all the time, not drinking and partying, not smoking, um, and really focusing on sleep and hydration, like drinking more water and trying to limit the stress um, just to see if that helped. Because I don't, and I'm not sure if your audience knows, but those are like the biggest triggers for seizure, seizures is the lack of sleep and stress. Um, so making sure you're getting a good amount of rest and trying to just limit your stress. I know there's a lot of like environmental factors and external factors that you can't really, con con you can't really control, but if you focus on what you can control, then that's the best that you can do with what you have. Um, but because I was so new and I didn't know a lot of people that had epilepsy as well, that's when I kind of had decided that, hey, I need to make the change for myself. And then I and then I paid it forward to help other people slowly. Now, it wasn't um, it wasn't automatic that 
people started looking towards me and saying, Hey, what did you do? It, it wasn't, it wasn't immediate. It was probably a few years really when Instagram started getting bigger, like a bigger audience is really when I started um, helping more people. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, you know, when you think about it and learn so many things about epilepsy as we've learned in the past three years with Aria is that there are so many little triggers that, can cause seizures or, you know, what do they say? Lower your threshold or increase your threat. I can't ever get that right. But, um, you know, like lack of sleep, you know, temperature of your body, um, mm -hmm. hydration, as you mentioned, drinking more water. And it's, it's really difficult sometimes to figure out what specifically those triggers are in certain people with epilepsy. And it's really taxing on the brain because if you stress your body out, if you're not hydrated enough, if you are not getting enough sleep, you're just causing a big stir in your brain where your brain is just, you know, going to have potentially a breakthrough one. You know, we see it with Aria when she's not gotten enough sleep or, you know, she's had some kind of illness and it just it changes that threshold so much. So doing so much that you can to protect yourself in terms of controlling certain triggers that cause epilepsy, getting good rest, getting less stress in your life can can really help, honestly. Yeah. And everybody's different. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that it's going to magically cure you. Um, but like I've always told people that you can only control what you can control. Um, and just focus on, focus on those things is, is what you, it, it, it can't, it definitely cannot hurt to do that. Um, it can only help your situation. What were your first steps in being an advocate? I know you said that you really became a huge advocate and helper when Instagram kind of started becoming bigger, but what kind of steps were you doing in those first few years of, you know, launching yourself on Instagram? What were you really doing? Who were you helping? What were you talking about? Well, before Instagram existed, I had a blog um, where so my sister was getting married and I and I, I needed to get in shape or I wanted to get in shape. Right. So I started a blog and to document my I was running a marathon for the first time. So I was documenting my training and my blog was titled One Step at a Time. And it documented just my life with epilepsy as well as training because at the time I had a few breakthrough seizures. So I kind of blended it all in together. Um, and I connected a lot with runners, um, long distance runners as well. But then I also connected with a few people with epilepsy too. And um, just started really sharing the story. I did share my breakthrough seizures on there and just how I felt and what I was doing. I mean, at the time blogs were kind of new and we were blogging every single day. so. It, it was it was like a diary for me. Um, and I, just, I remember the first time I connected with someone who lived in England. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever that someone emailed me from a different country because she found my blog. And I think at the time she was in high school and she didn't know anybody else that had epilepsy. So for her to Google something and to find my blog and to see that someone else existed because she she was also a runner um, was huge. And that kind of opened my eyes like, hey, I am actually making an impact. Um, and then it wasn't until a few years later, when I had to uh, really advocate for myself in the courtroom, that I realized that I needed to really talk about the stigma behind mothers and epilepsy. 
um, because the 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 courtroom, the judges, they don't know, <laughs> just like a lot of people don't really know what epilepsy means. They think seizures, they think the what they see on TV. Um, and really having to speak up for myself in the courtroom made a huge difference. Um, I was really fearful for a while to talk about it publicly because um, it was being, my epilepsy was being used against me in the courtroom. But after I realized that I needed to just put that fear aside and stand up for myself, um, really, I found my voice again. And I just decided to talk about it a whole lot more and not be afraid. And I mean, of course, it was helpful that I have been seizure free. Um, so when I was talking to, but at the time in the courtroom, I wasn't seizure free for that long. Um, the court case was pretty close to my most my seizure in 2014. So I had to really explain because the doctor wasn't in the courtroom with me. So I had to really advocate for myself and, and share like what a seizure is, how it doesn't impact me on my day to day basis, um, how it doesn't impact me being a mother. Um, and that that was back in 2014, 2015. So ever since then, that's really when I decided to talk about it a whole lot more. So can you talk about those that may be going through similar things that you're going through with court battles and all of that and give them some tips and tricks on, you know, how they can advocate for themselves and have people understand that you're a normal, I mean, you're a normal person. You might mm -hmm. not be quote typical because you have epilepsy per se. Um, but what are some tips, you know, when you went through that, that battle and, um, how can you help others with that? Well, I think it's important. Um, what I think is, I think there's a few different factors that come into play. It depends on how often you're having seizures and how it does impact your day-to-day -day life. Like fortunately for me, um, I haven't had a seizure in over seven years, so I've been able to drive. I'm able to drive. I'm able to, um, go swimming. I'm able to be alone with my kids because I'm not, I'm not worried about having a seizure while I'm in their care. So it depends on the person and how often, how often they're having seizures and, and all of that good stuff. Now, if they are having multiple seizures a day and they're a mom, I, I would just create a, create a support system if you don't already have one of someone that would help you with your kids, um, have it, have a seizure action plan in place. So if something does happen, there's a go-to resource for your, for your family to connect to, um, and then translate that and communicate that when you're in the courtroom. So as long as you have a good support system that will, that will support you in case something happens, I think that is important. Um, and I think if you are capable and you are able to drive and you are able to do the day-to-day -day tasks as a part of parenthood, that can definitely be said in the courtroom. Why do you think that so many people out there don't know somebody else that has epilepsy? I mean, it's becoming more and more, you know, it's still not huge awareness out there, but it's becoming yeah. more and more in the light. But what do you think? I mean, what do, what do you experience when you talk to people and they're like, oh gosh, like, 
you know, me, now I know you, I know Sheena who's watching, who, you know, mm -hmm. has a, has a kiddo. Um, I'm in a whole nother group with Aria CBD, you know, folks that have epilepsy, but is it just because people don't want to come out and say they have epilepsy or what have you seen of the things in your advocacy of why you may not know somebody else? Well, I think you do. Do I think you do know someone? I just don't think it's talked about, and I also don't think that it's. I think a lot of people don't know that there's multiple seizure types. I think they believe that seizures are the tonic colonics, the dropping down, shaking, convulsing, and then that's it. They don't understand that there's absent seizures, that there's partial seizures, that like rapid eye movement or a stutter is considered a seizure um, or, you know, little things like that. I, I think that, um, I mean, I think that's it. Or people are just, they've had, they've had them and they don't know that they're having the seizures. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think that it's just not talked about because people are afraid of sharing it because they're afraid of the judgment, especially adults in the workplace. Um, they don't want to disclose that they've had they've had seizures. How so would you it's, say it's just, not, it's just yeah. not talked about? How would you encourage those people that, you know, are really shy about sharing it when really they should share it so that they can, you know, have a community like yourself or an advocate like yourself or me or others who want to wrap them with love and understand where they're at and help them find resources. You know, talk about encouraging those folks um, that just need that extra little voice to say, you know what, I admit it, I got epilepsy and I need a community. Yeah, I think it's important to share because if something does happen, the people around you will know what to do. Um, because if you do have a seizure that you are unconscious for, that puts you in a very vulnerable state and that's never good. Your safety could be jeopardized. So I think it's important to tell your, tell your workplace. I think it's important to tell your family and your close friends that you hang out with a lot. Um, if you live alone, I think it's important to tell like a neighbor um, and to create a seizure action plan. Um, and I, I've mentioned that before um, in this conversation, but having just like a one sheet piece of paper, I go through this with a few people if they if they ask for it, I can walk them through, but it has the first day that's suitable for you. When to call 911. A lot of times people don't want 911 to call because they have constant seizures that there's not much the ER can do. So if that's part of your plan with your doctor, if a stranger sees that you're needing care, they they can look at your action plan and you know what I mean? So they know that, um, they, so there's first aid, there's emergency contacts, there's all these different things that um, are in this little plan. And it's something that you can keep in your phone or in your wallet. Um, or if you feel like if you do have an aura that you could just hand someone and like, so they can see it. Um, but I think because of what happened to me when I had the seizure and nobody knew what was happening around me, how scary that was. I think if they, it would not have been nearly as scary as if they knew like, Hey, she has epilepsy. She hasn't had a seizure in over 16 years. But if this happens, that's, this is what it is. Um, 
And yeah, I think a lot of people are scared to share, and especially in the workplace, because they don't want to get fired from their job because a lot of jobs see um, seizures and epilepsy as a huge liability. So they just rather keep it to themselves. And it's, I mean, it still happens. I see it all the time that if they're applying for jobs, that they don't disclose that they have a disability, even though the ADA covers you, that legally you cannot be um, like fired from a job because of your seizures or not hired because of your disability. And I think that, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean that. It's to. okay. I think a lot of people don't know that epilepsy is covered under the American Disabilities Act. And I think that that really needs to be talked about a whole lot more. Um, yeah. And I think that also brings up the fact too, that, you know, once you get that job, you know, they know there's some requirements per state or per federal law, but you can also qualify for the Family Medical Leave Act as well, F mm -hmm. FMLA. And your employer, you know, has to honor that. It's a federal law. You're protected by federal law. Here in Oregon, we also have, you know, Oregon family leave. That is, you know, um, I think FMLA, I think is like you have to be there for a year or something. Whereas in like right. in Oregon, you only have to be an employer for six months and you can qualify for the same benefits that you have with being under, you know, family medical leave federally. So look at your state laws, look at federal laws, get the protection for yourself because it's super important because you are covered under epilepsy under so many things. And don't be afraid to use that because yeah. you sometimes may need that time if something pops up in and you need to take care of yourself and don't be scared because you have protection with laws that are in place. Well, and it's not just the leave part that you need for um, the workplace. So your most employers offer accommodations for your epilepsy and that, so people with epilepsy have a lot of memory issues um, or their brain, there's brain fog. So it messes with your concentration or you're sometimes you're just super tired and you can't work because your brain is not functioning that day. Um, and that happens whether you're seizure free or you're not as you get older. Um, so the accommodations that the workplace can offer, you're, is, you're, you're eligible for that. So if you don't talk to your employer, and you don't disclose that you have epilepsy, then you cannot get these accommodations. So it's really important for you to share that. And then of course, for whatever reason, if you do have a seizure and you need to take off work, it, or it could be like, if you call and say, like call in, a lot of jobs might not like that. And, but if they know that you've had a seizure, then they'd be much more understanding versus you just calling out, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm going to switch gears here because I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to talk about you more rather than just talking about, you know, seizures themselves. But I think we covered a great topic there. And just, um, you know, as Patrick said, so many, you know, such great tips and advice you're providing that can help so many others. Kudos to you both. Great discussion. Um, because I think people just need to be aware that it's out there and it's things that could just pop up at any time in your life. Just like you said, you know, you had it and then it went away and then it came back right? Mm -hmm. It could come back again. Knock on wood. I'm, I'm, right. Jamie, I'm knocking on wood here for you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Because 
people with gosh we are so bad with this my wife and i but it's just how we are but i think there's a lot of families that have an epilepsy kiddo or just have epilepsy in the family they're very superstitious i don't know how you feel about that but like we're very superstitious about like oh gosh you know this or whatever things like that but so that's why I'm knocking on wood because, you know, I'm kind of superstitious with that kind of stuff. But um, while you were chatting, I'm, I'm scrolling through here. Your, um, I don't know, it says Jamie, Jamie W. Epilepsy Advocate. I don't know. It's on Facebook. I don't know if that's mm -hmm. like your blog per se, but can you talk a little bit about what you talk about on there? I see so many amazing um, different resources that you talk about on this Facebook page. Yeah, so I like to share just a bunch of different articles and tips that I find throughout my day, I guess, um, and other bloggers and my my podcast as well, other guests on there. Um, I just share some resources that I would find helpful um, for the community. I mean, I just came across one that's kind of cool. Um, let's see, this one was from uh, January you were a speaker at purple day yeah 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 so i i, I partner with um the anita kaufman foundation before we and, before we get there jamie real quick okay. explain to people what purple day is because those that don't know what purple is and how it relates to epilepsy sorry i didn't mean to like interrupt but it's okay so purple is the the purple ribbon is the color for epilepsy awareness and so for people with epilepsy are very loud and proud about their purple. And so you wear, we wear purple a lot and that just is, it's kind of like a speaking point. So if you're wearing a lot of purple, someone will come up to you and say, what's with all the purple? And you're like, Oh, it's for epilepsy awareness. Um, and yeah, so, uh, Purple Day Every Day is a is a branch off from the Anita Kaufman Foundation. So um, they, I'm a Purple Day ambassador, and that just means that I am seizure first aid trained. Well, actually, I think those are two separate things. So a Purple Day ambassador is just me talking about epilepsy and sharing. And if you have, if I have different resources, I can get them from the foundation. Um, and I actually have some tangible resources that I think, I wish I had it in front of me, but um, they have different pins and pens um, that you can, I can hand out at different events. I, I've I've worked at some other some events that I just stand behind a table with resources in front of me and they come up and one event I had cookies that were in the shape of awareness ribbons that were purple. So that was like that attracted people to my table. It was and then I, it was in November, too, I think. And so it was like, hey, this is do you know someone with epilepsy? Now you do because you met me like, hey, let's chat. So I. Um, um, that's what I do as an ambassador. But um, the foundation also gave me seizure first aid training, which now I know that the Epilepsy Foundation provides free training to anybody who signs up. That wasn't a thing a few years ago. So at the time, the Anita Kaufman Foundation trained me and I have those resources too, um, to, to train actual like schools or class like classrooms or workplaces or anybody that is interested in training their staff on what to do 
And a lot of that training has is talking about the different types um, that not every seizure is the drop and and convulsing that there is so much more. I mean, it's 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 interesting on how you know there isn't just like you say one type of seizure. I mean, Aria mm-hmm. has the unfortunate you know big ones. Um, but there are some other ones, you know, when she was, I'm sharing Jamie's Facebook information down here at the bottom. It's a really good resource. Um, if you're doing the whole Facebook thing, it's facebook.com slash J W Jason, Jason W is in white epilepsy. Sorry. It's scrolling again here. Uh, J W epilepsy advocate, or simply Mm -hmm. type in Jamie W dash epilepsy advocate and you'll find her page. So many, so many cool resources on there. Um, thanks, Sheena, for commenting in to make sure that I get that shared. Yeah, but back to your original question. I'm um, so back in J- January is when I posted it, but March was the per- was Purple Day. March 26th every year is Epilepsy Awareness Day um, or Purple Day, and typically the foundation lights up. They go to Disney World and they light up Epcot purple, but because it was virtual we did not get to do that. So I was a guest for their virtual expo, which was on March 26th. So I recorded, I pre-recorded a, um, just a little seminar that talked about mindset with your epilepsy diagnosis. So that is still available. The tickets to the expo were completely free. Um, so you just, you get a link and you, and I'm one of several guests that, share different tips. So all of that is available at Purple Day Everyday website. So yeah, that was a really, really fun experience. Um, I was really excited to do that. And yeah, to share with to, to give back to the to the foundation that kind of encouraged me to speak my voice more. So how many times have you been a part of the Purple Day um, event? This was the first year. Um, I f- knew about it the year, two years prior. So not, not, I guess I did know about it 2020. I think it happened. Uh, maybe they didn't have it in 2020, but I think it was 19. Uh, my years are blurred because this past year was like non-existent. Um, but I think, I think it was like 2019 is when I started sharing about it. So even though I wasn't a guest, I did work with the ladies that are in charge of the foundation, but this was my first year that I was like front facing on the camera. So that was really fun. How did that make you feel that you were one of, you know, um, I don't know how many was there, but I mean, what did that make you feel like? Like you were one of those, one of those speakers. It definitely gave me more uh, credibility and like more expert status. Um, it felt good. It felt, um, yeah, I mean, it just felt good to share that that they wanted me to talk more about mindset. And yeah, I mean, they, they kind of gave me free reign to talk about whatever a topic I wanted to talk about. So that's what I chose because that's what I kind of see myself it always circles back to the mindset when I talk to people. Um, so that's what I shared about. But it, it, I felt really good, and I'm excited to do it again, hopefully. I'm invited back. <laughs> <laughs> guess they didn't dislike you that much, right? Yeah, I guess so. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so when you talk about mindset with epilepsy, you know, what, what are your key talking points or what are your key points, you know, having mindset with epilepsy? 
Well, I think it's just to get in front of it. And I always say that you can only control what you can control and not worry about things that haven't happened yet. So, I mean, when you have the diagnosis, and I'm kind of far away from this mindset, but a lot of people are thinking like, oh, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if I have another seizure? Or did I just have one? Like they're constantly thinking about the epilepsy, which isn't a good thing. Um, now, again, if you're having seizures daily, of course, that's consuming your life. Now, I'm not trying to downplay anybody's history, right? But I think it's important to only focus on what you can control. I talk about that all the time. And so there's just, I break it, just kind of take it all the way back to the beginning. What can you do today that you didn't do yesterday, which is go to bed earlier, uh, you know, get some good sleep. If that's all you can do today, then that's fine. That's one step better than yesterday. And then add on to that, get some more water. I always, my, a lot of the women I talk to are not good at drinking water or not good at taking electrolytes. So no matter what your diagnosis is, diagnosis is, like you mentioned, Aria has problems with her electrolytes. I think, I think electrolytes are important for every single human across the board. So if you're if you need to add some type of thing into your water that you're drinking to make sure you have enough magnesium, enough potassium, enough salt, do that. There's a there's so many different types of products out there. Um, just make sure you find a good healthy one that doesn't have fake sugar in it, and then you'll be good to go. Um, so do that, and then talk about like just think about the future, what you want to what you want to do with your life. Um, what is something you can do? regardless of if you've had a seizure or not. Um, and just kind of dream, like open up your mind to things in the future. And then we kind of like work backwards from that. Like, okay, well, what can you do tomorrow to put you one step closer? Um, but it, it's different for every single person. But the basic foundation for everybody is just taking care of themselves to eat better, to sleep better, and to get more water in their body. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you mentioned, or not funny, but interesting that you mentioned, funny because I have a story that came up and it was just funny because the story came up. But the first time that Aria ever had an outpatient EEG, right? We went to a main hospital that had a children's neurology thing. It wasn't a children's hospital, but we started seeing a pediatric, you know, neurologist there and she scheduled an EEG. Well, lo and behold, the EEG technician actually has epilepsy. And she told us about a surgery that she had to basically she, you know, there are candidates that have epilepsy that can have, you know, surgery to help them, you know, get rid of it or, you know, hopefully get rid of it. But she said, if I hadn't have had epilepsy in this surgery, I would have never known what an EEG tech is. And now I have an amazing job, right? Mm -hmm. So you think about that. Somebody that has epilepsy that now has a job that she never knew about and loves it, right? Mm -hmm. so just because you have epilepsy doesn't mean that you are stuck just living in the doldrums of having a diagnosis. There's so many things right. that you can still do career-wise, life-wise, whatever. Yes, it sucks every day that, you know, the days that Ari has a seizure, it's like the whole world's crashing down and you just right. want to me. I eat my I eat my emotions. That's what happens to me. But um, so just understand that 
there's a lot of resources out there and Jamie is one of these resources that provides so much information to those that have epilepsy to just understand that like your world's not ending when you have this, like speak up, speak out, mm -hmm. understand. Um, one of the other things I came across on your page, I'm spying on you right now, um, is you had an event, um, looks like this is a little past, but Adults with Epilepsy, a virtual event where adults affected by epilepsy can socialize safely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, um, yeah, so like I mentioned earlier, I didn't meet my first friend with epilepsy until years after I was diagnosed. And I find now that there's a lot of people who are not connected with other adults. There's a lot of resource, I say a lot, but not really. There's resources out there that help um, children that have epilepsy, like through the foundation, there's a kids crew. Um, my local foundation pre-COVID had monthly meetups for kids affected by epilepsy. So I would bring my children um, and we would do monthly meetups. Like one, one time we went bowling. One time we went to an Arctic. Um, how do you make the ice cream that is has like the night? Is it what chemical is it? I don't know. It's like nitrogen. You Yes, that okay. that cool ice cream place like we met yeah. up there one month we went to the paint spot. So there's so it was cool for me because I was talking to other parents, but it was more for like the parents of kids with epilepsy, not kids with parents that had epilepsy. So I realized that there was a lot of there's a huge gap that needed to be closed for adults. There was no there was no. no um, community. Uh, yes, there's Instagram, the Instagram community that you can private message people, but there was no like organized events happening for adults. So I decided to create it. And um, so monthly, I host monthly Zoom, like virtual meetups. Uh, it was so before I started hosting these, I, I'm, I, I actually love my epitologist. He is the best doctor I've had since I've been diagnosed. And I, I live in Louisville, Kentucky. So if you're anywhere close to here, I highly recommend him. He works at, he just, they just opened a neuroscience center within the hospital. So I'm super pumped to go tour it. I might not need it hopefully, but I'll go tour it. And there's like an EMU there. It's great. So I worked with him. Uh, I told him because because I go, I only see him about once a year. And every time I go see him, it's more like a catch up. Let's talk about what we're doing with like your life. And he knows I'm a huge advocate and he listens to my podcast. So he is a huge, like he's a great resource for me. I talked with, with him about creating something in person, like local to Louisville. And so we create, we had meetups, like in-person meetups, and he, we partnered with the hospital. So for people who couldn't drive would, would, could pick people up and bus them in. So we'd have adult meetups for adults, like at night with epilepsy. Well, because of everything that happened this past year, that no longer existed. So I turned that into a virtual platform and I opened it up to everybody that's not just local to Louisville. So we, 
It's like, it's an hour. It's, I call it a, like a coffee chat. It's super casual. Maybe one day I'll have experts on to share information. But right now it's kind of a, let's talk about life things um, with people that understand who we are as humans, right? Like if we, if we're 10 minutes late, we're 10 minutes late. Sorry, we forgot. Or, you know, like it's, I kind of joke now because with my podcast, I, the people I talk to are people with epilepsy and nine times out of 10, our first appointment is missed because someone forgot about it on their calendar, right? Like they don't have 10 reminders to tell them, but it's like, it's okay. I get it because I, you know, I understand. So yeah, I continue to host these monthly because it is a place for people to just connect and laugh and share their vulnerable truths that they don't want to talk about with anybody else. Um, but yeah, those are still happening. And if I have the the Zoom link is you can sign up. I have a, a, a sign up on my website that you can go to and I will I send out um, like I don't spam you with e like emails, but I do send out email reminders um, like the week the week before and the week. And then I do post on my social medias about the day. I am way better at Instagram than I am at my Facebook. So if you want to join those, everybody's welcome. Um, and it's just a place to kind of hang out. And if you do have questions, like I've have had some parents, you know, log in and just to get a different perspective, like I have, I've had had a couple of parents say, Hey, it's nice to know what, cause my daughter can't explain what it's like, what it's like when they're taking Kepra. I'm so glad you can explain it to me or, or cause they can't verbalize how they're feeling. So I know it might not be exactly the same, but it, it, it gives a different perspective. Um, so it, I'm happy to share any of that. Um, so if you do want to join, you're more than welcome. Everybody's welcome. And her website is scrolling there at the bottom for those of you that are watching or listening or want to know. Um, it's her first and last name at firstandlastname.com. Jamiewissinger.com. Yeah, I keep Thank it pretty you. easy for everybody. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, another thing that I just popped on and saw is that you have a parent edition guide to epilepsy. Yep, I do. So it's a, it's a, it took me, it took a while to, to put it all together, but it was everything, uh, just a go-to guide for the newly diagnosed uh, child or family. Um, so it's something that you can download. It's a digital download that goes over everything. It goes over all the different types of seizures, the first aid, different resources, different diets, different doctors, that all the different tests that you have to go to. Because as an adult that's dealing with all these things when you're first diagnosed, I can only imagine what it feels like as a parent for their child to go through all that, all those different appointments. Um, it, it, it sucks. It's hard. So, and there's so many different things. Like when you, when you Google, Google's not always your best friend. Facebook groups are not always your best friend. Um, so having a list, a, comp a compiled list of things to, to know and understand and to ask for. Um, I always stress that one of the big things that I recommend to parents is to find an epitologist, which is not a family neurologist. So find find an, a neurologist that specializes in epilepsy. It's called an epitologist. They live and breathe seizures. 
Um, and if you if you can find one within your area, or if you can find a center that has an EMU in it, which is an epilepsy monitoring unit, which is where most EEGs are done, try to get into those places because they will be your best friend, especially if you have to go often. Um, they're great. Uh, that's one of, so it has different tips like that, that you don't necessarily think of, or, um, you know, something simple, like I know, so I know that the ketogenic diet isn't for every single child, but I think keeping a food diary, regardless of how old you are and in, in, in relationship to your seizures is important. Um, I think like just your daily habits is important. Like when you have your seizure, what were you doing? Did you get good sleep? Did you not? So most of the times you can't remember. So if you have, if you just get into the habit of writing everything down, that will be really helpful. So that's also part of what's in that edition guide. That's awesome. I wish that we had had that when, yeah. when Aria was, you know, little because, you know, we first started out going to a neurologist, right? And all neurologists have, uh, you know, an understanding of epilepsy, right? Because they study the brain and they, mm -hmm. but they don't really understand it fully. Like you say, epileptologists, I can never say that word right, but um, how they understand it. And finally, at one point, she's like, you need to get yourself an epilepsy doctor, basically, mm -hmm. for Aria. And, um, I mean, gosh, we have an amazing one up in Seattle. Like we love him. He's amazing. And um, he actually runs their keto program up at Seattle yeah. Children's. Um, so for those that don't know, and I always mention this on this show and it surprises so many people, but it won't surprise you, Jamie, because you know this because <laughs> you're in this community. But the ketogenic diet, or however you want to say it, um, was actually invented for epilepsy. It wasn't necessarily for weight loss as some folks are doing it now or whatever is a, you know, different type of diet, but it was invented back in the day for a, you know, um, uh, epilepsy, you know, treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, Aria was, we, that's how we found out her magnesium disorder was she, they did a ketogenic electrolyte panel and found out that her magnesium was low. So, you know, we thank them for that. And, you know, they were trying that because she kept failing on medicine and failing on medicine. And so, um, you know, for those of you that don't know about that, that have kiddos or have people in your life that have epilepsy and that hasn't been mentioned to you, check that out um, because it could be helpful for you. And I know so many people that have had success with that on uh, being on that and being with epilepsy. It is really challenging because I've heard people that get on it and aren't successful with it because it's super challenging to do that consistently. So, um, man, that resource is cool. I'm glad I stumbled across that because yeah, I was like, cool. Oh, what's this? And I clicked on it. Um, so I think that's really, really cool because you're kind of in that clueless of like, wait, what my son or daughter, my kid is got, ep what are you talking? What epilepsy? What? You know, and you say like EMU, when you said that, I'm glad you brought it up in terms of describing what EMU is, because half the people on here probably are like, what's in, you know, those that don't know, don't know, but like, right. what's an EMU, right? Mm -hmm. Aria has been in those so many times, <laughs> you know, it just becomes like the back of your hand. You just, you just understand exactly what it is, you know, when you, when you start talking about these things, but, um, and I'm going to bring up too, I mean, the fact that you can talk a little bit about your, your podcast. Yeah, so I uh, launched it a few a, a couple years ago, and I just I bring on other advocates to share their story. I found that a lot of people do not like to share their story, 
So I bring guests on that want to just to provide insight for people who are newly diagnosed or feel alone. So I've had guests who have um, had brain surgery. I've had guests who have a VNS, which is a treatment for seizure control. Uh, so she had actually just had it the week before. So her voice was changing. So that's a side effect of getting the VNS. So that's that was pretty cool for her to talk about it. Um, I've had guests who are in keto. I've had a parent on of a child that's had seizures. So I like to have different, a variety of guests on um, just to share their story, to share how they've kind of championed outside of the uh, woe is me uh, mindset and um, just to provide some inspiration for people who so they know that they're not alone and that they know that it's not a the end of your life when you get this diagnosis because I think it's a really important to note too that mental health is a huge is very huge um that's something that really needs to be talked about when it comes to the epilepsy diagnosis. A lot of times people with epilepsy have depression and or anxiety and because they do feel alone. And I think that um, it's just important to talk about the positives um, and to share the stories of people who want to be heard. So I do provide the platform for those advocates who want to share their voice. And they can find where, so I know we can get to it via your website, um, mm -hmm. but where, where can everybody find your podcast? It's on Apple and Spotify and it's just one in 26 podcast. Just, just like the title here, one in 26 mm -hmm. epilepsy awareness, but it's one in 26 because one in 26 Americans is diagnosed with epilepsy. If you didn't know that, that's a fact. Um, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of information that, um, a lot of people don't know and think about 26 people in your life and how one of those could have epilepsy. Um, and I want to close out here and just say, or just ask you and, and understand of what does it feel like to you? You know, you talk about empowering women, um, who, you know, have epilepsy or impacted by epilepsy to pursue their dreams. What is that? How does that make you feel? And, you know, what kind of stuff do you talk about with the, with women, you know, who want to pursue their dreams, but still have epilepsy? I mean, it feels really good because, I, and this is probably a conversation for a whole other, a whole other podcast, but some people, you know, people are fired from their jobs for having epilepsy. Now I, I, I mean, I, yes, I have been fired for having a seizure and not being able to work. Um, but I think it's important, especially with now and technology, that just because you can't drive just or because you can't work a typical nine to five doesn't mean you can't work. Um, there's a lot of work from home resources. I stumbled across being a virtual assistant and I've created I've turned it into a full time income. So that might not be everybody's dream, but there is a dream. Everybody does have a dream. So it's I. I like to share that there are steps that you can, you can work around your diagnosis and you can, you know, work through it. So if that means you're working from home and creating an income from home to provide for yourself, then, then we can work on that. Um, but I think, you know, I've had a couple of clients who are in college who are really looking forward to like applying to grad school because they, that's, that is their dream. 
you know, and epilepsy is kind of getting in the way of that. So we navigate through that. So it, everybody's dream is different. Um, but knowing that, you know, just because you have epilepsy doesn't mean you need to put out your dream. Um, so we, we work on just getting, to, getting one step closer to that goal, if that makes sense. I think that's really cool that you were able to, I don't want to say reinvent yourself, but find a career that has been successful for you um, in doing what you do and being able to be home. I mean, I'm sure being able to be home with your, your family is super, super amazing for you too. Yeah. And, but it's, it's a very, you know, when I, when I've seen the stuff that you do and what you do and your podcast and all of that, and just how inspiring you are and just understanding that, you know, these dreams can happen even if you have a particular medical diagnosis, in this case, epilepsy, but any medical diagnosis, don't let things stop you from accomplishing your dreams. If you just have to maybe move to the left or to the right a little bit, instead of just continually going forward and you hit, you know, a, a, a wall or whatever. So just continue to maybe you need to pivot or look in a different direction or reach out, like we say, to others that have epilepsy and say, what have you done that's been successful or reach out to folks like Jamie and she can help you with resources and help you understand that it's not the end of the road for, you know, so many women in your case that you help that are diagnosed with epilepsy from accomplishing their dreams, whatever it may be. Exactly. Right. Any long lasting words of wisdom or any lasting words that you would like to leave um, our listeners with? Well, I just think it's important to just know that just because if you to know that if you have had a seizure or, you know, someone that has had one, that is not it's not the end of the game that you can like like we've talked about that you can definitely continue on and you might have to pivot, but you can find resources. There is community that loves you and you can you can do whatever you want to do and to not let the epilepsy stop you. And Jamie, can you again, shout out your website here that's scrolling at the bottom for those yes. that want to learn more? Yeah, you can find more on my website, jamiewissinger.com. And then my, um, you can find me on Instagram as at jamiewissinger and my podcast is one in 26. And then she's also got her Facebook page, which has got so many amazing resources that I'm guilty now that I didn't look at that before we got on here and I'm looking at it and I'm like, Ooh, what's this one? Ooh, what's yeah, this one? Like okay. there's so many amazing yeah. things on there that yeah. I think are super, super resourceful for so many folks that specifically, you know, epilepsy or just understanding, you know, I think um, what I meant when I said about other folks that have a medical diagnosis is like, like I said, I, I forgot the word that I was going to say, but it's like, don't let that just stop you. Like keep going, keep pushing um, just because you have a medical diagnosis doesn't mean that you just have to stop. Um, there's so many, so many ways, as we say, to pivot in this world, especially with, you know, uh, whether it be positive or negative with the pandemic, so many things that have come about with technology to allow us to pivot our careers, um, you know, in terms of using technology to its fullest, to allow us to do things that once we maybe not knew before. Exactly. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And for those of you that would like to know more information about Jamie, check out those resources that we shared and she will certainly reach back out to you. She's a wealth of resource, a wealth of knowledge and inspiration. 
a true champion for those that have epilepsy and the fact that she wants to help you and have you understand so much more about your diagnosis, your ambition in life, and know that it's not the end. Thank you. Of course. Well, I appreciate you coming on and we will chat soon. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Mindful Inspiration Champion. I hope that was insightful to you. I hope that was a lot of knowledge, a lot of advocacy, and just a lot of information that is going to be so impactful in your life if you have epilepsy or have a family member or somebody in your life that is in that community as we are with our daughter, Aria. If you haven't already, please give the Mindful Inspiration Champion a follow and like on Facebook. Also find us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell so that we can update you of new episodes that are uploaded. And also find us on all the major podcast channels. If you'd like to know more about our daughter and her life and her journey with epilepsy as well, please visit her Facebook page at Aria's Army. A little sunset picture with her face on it. Um, we'd love for you to join our journey, join her army, support her learn about her journey and learn so much more of how you too can help bring light to those one in 26 Americans that are diagnosed with epilepsy. Once again, I appreciate all of you tuning in to another episode of the Mindful Inspiration Champion, and I wish all of you an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for listening. As always, I know that you have literally hundreds of shows that you can listen to. So I 100% appreciate every single listen, every single one of you. You can find me at Jamie Wissinger on all social media platforms. And I will see you next week.